0: Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now, I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you, too, can live a balanced and fit life Free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. It's me, Rayanne, and I am here to talk a little bit more um, about the four M's of metabolism. And last week in episode 72, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend listening to that. You don't have to listen to it first, but it kind of goes with along with today's topic, but I talked last week about the 4 M's of metabolism. And that is meals, metabolics, movement, and mindfulness. And we talked a little bit about what each of those things are. And I, at one point in the episode, talked about how people think or what they think is most important when it comes to metabolism based on these four areas. So I want you to really quick, just in your mind, picture a pyramid you know, pyramids are usually built on a foundation. And as the pyramid goes up, it gets smaller. Okay. So I want you to think about the four Ms. And so take this triangle and break it into four pieces. Okay. Most people think that metabolics are the foundation and the base to having a good metabolism. And if you don't know what metabolics were, just a quick reminder is that metabolics stand for like the hard workouts, um, the dieting, the supplements, the protein shakes, the macros, like the, the diet world, the fitness world, the thing that we, when you think I need to lose weight, oh, I better do X, Y, Z. Those are the metabolics. Okay that most people think are the most important. So most people think in the world of metabolism that that is the foundation of the pyramid. And then they think, well, meals, you know, meals are important and meals are kind of a part of the metabolics, but you know, what you eat solely people think is the next level. And then they think movement and movement remember is not hardcore workouts. Movement is your daily activity, your standing, your walking, your chores, your daily non-exercise activity, movement. And then people put mindfulness at that as, as the top little piece of the pyramid, like the smallest, probably least important part. Okay. But if you listened to last week, then you'll know that I believe, and listening to all the experts in metabolism, that it's actually flipped upside down from that, the importance. Okay. So instead. It's most important to think about mindfulness first, okay? Mindfulness and then movement and then meals and then metabolics. And some people are so surprised by that. But I want you to just take a second and think about it. When you're really, really paying attention to your body, would you say that you make better health choices for your body? I hope that you answered yes. (laughs) As you probably do, whether you realize it or not. Okay. So anyway, today I want to talk more about the foundation of what's most important for metabolism. And that is mindfulness. Okay. If you're looking at the pyramid from my view. Okay. So mindfulness is, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit more about what it is. And then I'm just going to give you a bunch of different ideas based around mindfulness so that you can start today like right now practicing more of it in your life and you're going to have you know less stress you're going to feel better physically feel better mentally it can improve your relationships it can improve your career it can improve your focus and it can improve your health and metabolism so let's dive right in first though i think it's really important um to, to point out that I know we're all busy. I mean, the world is the busiest it's probably ever been, right? We not only are rushing around with our jobs and our family and our, you know, our friends, our social life, our volunteer life, going to church, doing all the things that everybody has to do, right? The whole world is busy. You, the first thing, if you say to somebody, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. In fact, I met with somebody today and she said, how are you doing? And I said, well, and she goes, you're busy. And I was like, yeah. And then I kind of, I didn't even address this, but I laughed to myself. I was like, isn't that funny? She answered for me that I was busy because that's the standard answer. Like just watch yourself. So I'm trying really hard to not answer. When somebody asks me how I'm doing, I'm trying really hard not to be like, oh, I'm busy. Cause I think we just create busyness in our life, whether we need to or not. And whether you're busy or not, you probably feel busy. And part of the problem, are these phones that we carry around with us 24-7. We have these phones that are constantly getting our attention, and that can be perceived as being busy. Whether it's a Facebook notification, Instagram, um, maybe somebody texting you, you're getting email dings here and there, you're getting all this like constant feedback from this little machine that we carry around, that it can give us the sense of being busy all the time. Okay. I sound like I'm a hundred years old and I'm against technology, which is not true because I too use my phone, but I am really recognizing all of the ways that it actually is hurting my happiness and taking away from my mindfulness. So I actually have to be mindful around when I use my phone. So that's something that you should think about too. So anyway, we're busy, right? But is it possible to still... Find time to relax and actually smell the roses, enjoy our life. Absolutely, there absolutely is no matter who you are, where you're at, what you're doing. Everybody can carve a moment or two out of their day to relax. And if you're shaking your head and telling me no, I don't believe you. <laughs> okay. Because you just haven't taken time yet to figure out where that is and you haven't made it a, pri- a priority to, or, or maybe you just don't know the rewards you're going to get from slowing down for just a moment. Okay. So I want to talk about a few different areas. Um, I want to definitely talk about mindfulness with how you eat because that is critical. And that's a piece that I work with all of my clients on because it's, it's a major game changer when you can realize how mindful eating can change what you're eating, how you're eating, and how you feel. But I also want to today talk a little bit more about meditation and what that means and different ways you can use or different ways to do meditation. If you tell yourself you're not a meditator, there are actually other ways you can do it or use it. Um, without feeling like you have to sit in a room with a gong and your hands up going, um, you know, you don't have to do that. So, but let's talk first about this mindful eating. And I want to say mindful eating versus mindless eating. Okay. So mindless eating, first of all, is where you probably already know, but it's where you are eating while distracted and not paying attention to your fullness cues or your hunger cues, or even your tasting sensations, like the actual taste of the food. Okay. You probably have done this at one point in your life or another. I hope that you are not doing that every day, but most of us are. Most Americans are because remember we're busy. We're busy. We don't have time to slow down and actually pay attention to our food and how it tastes. You know, we do, but we choose not to. So, I see it all the time and I used to do it all the time. But I can honestly tell you that whether I appear to be or not, I mindfully eat every time I eat. And I'm going to tell you how I do it in just a second. But mindless eating is like grabbing a bag of chips or grabbing some crackers or a bag of cookies or whatever it is and sitting in front of the TV and you look down and all of a sudden it's gone and you're like, oh, shoot, I wanted more. And you're like... I can't believe I already ate all that. Well, it's because you didn't even notice, you know, you were mindlessly eating. So let's take mindful eating and I'm going to make it a little bit kind of ridiculous, but I'm going to show you like kind of the difference of how it can be. Okay. So this is the more extreme example of mindful eating, but we're going to take, I read this somewhere. Um, I wish I could remember where, because I, I would tell you the source, but I don't remember where. I've read this story somewhere or this example and I loved it. But let's take a grape. Okay. I want you to pretend that you open the refrigerator, you reach in, and you grab a grape. Okay. Give me any fruit, but let's say a grape. And when you think about it before you even eat the grape, I want you to think about where did this grape come from? You know, and I don't mean the supermarket. I mean, where did this grape come from? This grape started as a seed, okay, right? The seed then was planted and then it was watered and nurtured and given, you know, whatever you do to plant the plant, (laughs) to grow a plant. It eventually grows into a vine, which then eventually grew some fruit, okay, the grape. Then what happens? Well, it doesn't just like like mysteriously appear into your refrigerator, right? No, it all of a sudden you you don't just have it all of a sudden. It has to somebody has to actually go, you know, pick it, and then they have to ship it. It has to be you know packaged, shipped um, on a truck, delivered to the store, taken out of the truck, put into the back of the store for a while, probably. And then taken out onto the shelves. And then from there, you know, hopefully you see these beautiful grapes and you take them home, and that's how it is. So it's not like this grape, we take it for granted, right? Oh, you might have 20 grapes in front of you, but we don't really think of it as this like individual little grape that just went through this long journey to nourish you. You know, like mindful eating is appreciating and understanding that you are benefiting from this little piece of fruit. You are being given life by this little piece of food. Okay. And that I'm saying this is ridiculous because before you eat, you don't have to like literally imagine the journey that your food, you know, went on to get to you. But the point is when we mindlessly eat, I mean it's kind of sad actually, this little grape and the people who it took all these people and and efforts to get this grape to you. And if you just eat it without even tasting it, that's kind of sad, really. Right. So, you know, okay. So anyway, you're thinking about the journey of the grape, then you want to taste the grape. You put the grape in your mouth, you fill, you know, you feel it like <laughs> burst in your mouth and it's like sweet and you can feel the peel of the grape and you might notice the little tiny seeds in there. And, this is this is mindful eating, like appreciating the flavor, appreciate how it tastes, appreciate you know chewing on it instead of just immediately swallowing it and eating ten at a time, right? Mindful eating is paying attention. Mindful eating is appreciating the journey of the food, especially you know to me, animals. If you eat meat, I mean, an animal has to lose its life for you. And if you're just scarfing it down as you're reading your email or watching TV or talking and not even paying attention, it's kind of sad. So that, I mean, again, like I said, that's a little extreme, but paying attention to your food is going to help you know when you're full, it's going to help you know if you're satisfied because there's nothing worse than finishing a meal super fast and you're like, oh, well, I'm still hungry or feeling hungry in less than an hour. Sometimes it's the choice of food, but oftentimes it's the way you're eating your food. It's the behavior. It's the mindfulness versus mindless. okay? So that is one way you can be mindful that's gonna help you with your metabolism. It's gonna help you with your health goals is mindful eating versus mindless eating. And I could talk 25 minutes straight all about mindful eating, so I'm gonna move on. But the next thing I wanted to to bring up is meditation, okay? A lot of people misunderstand meditation. They have this view that if they can't do it perfectly or for a long enough time or to completely clear their mind, that they're messing up and they're not doing it right. But that's really not true. And so what I like to do is I'm not a big meditator in that sense. Like I don't, you know, spend an hour in silence and you know with my legs crossed in the middle of the room with this certain light and incense like that's that's not really like what it's about okay i think of meditation mindful meditation is just simply a way to quiet your mind to reset your brain waves and take a deep breath de-stress and move on and so that can be done in a minute you can literally take 1 minute to to do some meditation practices and it's going to help you. Then you can add another minute, or maybe you can start with five minutes. It just depends, but it. so many people misunderstand what it actually means. Okay. So I want to just give you some ideas to help you around it. Okay. And if you don't want to call it meditation, call it mindfulness. Because really that's what it is. Meditating is just finding a way to be mindful and to be present in the moment because that's what mindfulness is. That's what meditation is. It's appreciating being here right now. You are there right now listening to me. Be mindful. Be mindful in listening to my words. Be mindful in associating and how you can apply the words I'm giving you to your life to make you better. OK, and probably you've already dr- like been listening to this and drowned me out for a few minutes because sometimes I do that when I'm listening to podcasts. If I'm not truly mindful about what I'm listening to and being intentional, oftentimes all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, gosh, it's been like 10 minutes. I have no idea what this person said and I'll have to rewind. So have you already done that with me? <laughs> I hope not. I hope I'm not that boring. <laughs> so, anyway, um, so some tips, though, are making sure that you have a supportive environment. OK. I'm gonna talk in a little bit about two different types of medication. Medication, I mean meditation, not medication. Um, But right now, having a supportive environment is key if you're trying to be more mindful and and do more meditation. So if you are sitting in the grocery store or walking through the grocery store, probably not your best time to meditate, right? Right, (laughs) okay. But if you are busy at work, you're going crazy with rescheduling clients or doing whatever you gotta do, you got a crazy, crazy, busy day, you can shut your office door, okay? Sit down and take some deep breaths, okay? That is, you by shutting your door and sitting at your desk for just a minute, that is creating a supportive environment. It doesn't have to be a yoga studio or your massage therapist room, right? It can be literally your space and just taking a moment, Okay. So that is just something to think about like find a moment if you need to go outside and sit in your car if you're at work and you're stressed out do that take your 5 minutes go to your car sit in a supportive environment it's quiet okay or maybe it means sitting be, you know at a park bench or whatever you know whatever's available to you at the moment okay but the other thing is setting just really small and attainable meditation or mindfulness goals okay if you say to yourself I'm going to start meditating every single day for one hour because it's good for my metabolism. Mm, probably, I mean, that'd be awesome if you can, but this isn't one of those things that's an all or nothing. You can't overachieve meditation. Okay. You have to take it at your pace, at your time, at your availability and what's sustainable. So if that is starting with a, like I said earlier, one minute goal, Hey, I'm, super proud of you for doing that. If it's a five-minute goal, great. Hey, can you try 15 minutes? Awesome. Like, But don't try to set a, the bar too high because then you're just going to feel like you've failed or you're going to feel like, oh, it's I'm too busy to fit it in. Do something that you can fit in, even if it's like one minute, five times a day. Okay, That's fine. Do what you can. Make it sustainable. Set small goals around that. Now, the other thing is I have a lot of uh, people that i work with that when i suggest doing this they're like no nope, can't do it and i'm like well <laughs> first of all you have to be open minded right <laughs> but secondly i'm like okay well what do you mean you can't do it and a lot of people say well i just can't clear my mind i just can't do it like i as soon as i start to meditate i immediately start thinking about other things and i can't do it so for those people here's what i suggest well first i suggest um quit being so harsh and judgmental in yourself <laughs> that's okay like nobody's perfect and nobody starts meditating perfectly. In fact, it's called practice because it's something you have to practice forever. Then nobody ever achieves perfect meditation status level. There's no like, you know, there's no awards. There's no like level you need to get to. This is like all about you and your peace and your mindfulness. So maybe five minute meditation is wonderful for you, but anyway, I um. The second thing I wanted to say about that is some people really benefit from guided meditation. Okay, instead of just expecting themselves to meditate quietly, so a guided meditation would be like listening. You can pull them up on YouTube. You can do any kind of app: Headspace, Calm, Insight Timer. Those are three different uh, different apps that have guided meditation. Maybe that's what you need. And so guided meditation is where you just follow along. They tell you to breathe. They tell you what to focus on. They walk you through it. That is my best way to get through meditation is doing that. And I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And I highly, highly recommend it, especially if you're just having a hard time making yourself sit there. Okay. But here's the other thing. Um, breathing. Breathing is a great, great thing to focus on for meditation, okay? Again, it doesn't have to be – a lot of people think that meditation means you just sit with nothing in your brain, just a clear mind, okay? And that ultimately would be an amazing goal, but it's hard to do that, especially if you're somebody who's constantly busy and rushing and doing things, okay? So have you ever noticed like when you get stressed out, your heart rate – Increases, your breathing increases and but becomes more shallow. So you get faster, shorter breaths, and you increase your blood pressure. Okay, so when this is happening, your heart rate's increasing, your breathing shallowing but quicker. It's, your blood pressure is going up. Okay, this is stress. This happens, and all of those things are not good for you. They're not good for your health. They're not good for your metabolism. They're not good for anything. So this is when. Focusing on your breathing can be just amazing. It can be a total game changer. So what you want to do in these instances, even if like, let's say you're driving to work, okay, you're driving to work, you're thinking about all of your to-do lists, everything you have to get done, you're like starting to feel yourself get panicky, maybe a little shaky, you're getting this like little like, ugh, like yucky, you know, yucky feeling and you just don't know what to do. What you can do because you're not even at work yet is you can right there. Notice, okay, notice that it's happening and stop and say, literally say to yourself, okay, stop. Let's take a breathing break. And what you do is you just get comfortable. Even if you're driving, you can do this. Get comfortable, okay? And start noticing your breath, okay? Notice how you're breathing, okay? Just that's the first step. You gotta notice how you're breathing, okay? And then I want you to focus on how your body is reacting. So your stomach, as you breathe in, right your your belly is going to stick out i just did it really quick <laughs> okay and then when you exhale it's going to flatten so your stomach is going to rise and fall with your breath and so is your chest and your rib cage okay so what you can do is start by focusing on that and then and then start focusing on how it feels in your nose like how does it feel having the, the air come in your nose and then back out your nose or if you're stuffy hey you might have to breathe in your mouth whatever whatever works just breathe okay and notice what's happening notice how it feels be present with every single breath okay and here's the thing if you do that I'll tell I'll tell you what about five or six breaths in you're going to notice your heart rate's lower. You're going to notice your breathing is deeper and you're going to physically notice the difference in your body. Okay. It can take just 30 seconds or less to shift that energy in your body, but you have to notice it to do it. You have to be willing to just try. Okay. I promise you, Breathing is a great, great method. And here's one more thing. A lot of people, like I said earlier, are worried that they're gonna mess it up by like thinking about other things. So one thing I like to do and recommend with breathing is to actually count the breath. So for example, you would take an inhale at a four count and an exhale at a four count. So it's like this, you go inhale, one, two, three, four, exhale, one, two, three. And if you're counting and focusing on your breathing, it's really hard to focus on anything else. Okay. So next time you're feeling your body tense up, you're feeling your heart rate increase, you're feeling that stress coming in and you're feeling really not good. Start counting your breath, start paying attention. Okay. Pay attention. That is mindfulness. All right. So here's the other thing I'm going to, I'm going to move forward. Mindfulness is, is one of those things that can create beauty in all things, okay? Have you ever been, you know, maybe with your kids at the park? And it's been a while since I've done this, but I wish I had been better at mindfulness when I had little kids, because I think I would have, A, appreciated their childhood more, and B, would have just felt better um, physically and mentally. But anyway, let's say that you go to the park with the kids, okay? And you're constantly like watching the kids, tell them to stop. Don't do that. Do that. Get off. Your, quit your brother. Quit. But don't eat the dirt. Blah, blah, blah. You know, you're constantly like watching. And it's like, are you though, are you really appreciating the time? Are you noticing the breeze? Are you feeling the sun on your face? Are you noticing the trees? Are you paying attention to your cute little kids and their small hands? And then like, there's all these things that we can miss if we're not being mindful. And there's too many wonderful moments in life to let pass by without noticing. So just stop, like whether it's having kids at the park or whether it's sitting on your back deck, reading the morning paper, just stop for a minute and pay attention to all the beauty around you. Okay. Pay attention to the way the leaves, you know, when they, when your plants start getting dry, the leaves will like turn upwards because they're like seeking moisture. They're protecting themselves. It's beautiful. Notice the bumblebees. I think they're amazing. Or notice like the different kinds of birds. Like in one moment, you might see five different kinds of birds in your own yard. But if you're too worried about stress and the things that really at the end of the day, aren't going to matter on your last day on this earth, if you're focusing more on that, you're going to miss all of this amazing beauty around you. So That is mindfulness. That right there. Even if you're driving in the middle of a city and there's, you know, you're in rush hour, stop. There's still going to be something amazing and beautiful to look at. You create beauty in your mind with paying attention and noticing and being aware of what is out there and around you. Okay. And that goes with not just seeing, but smelling, feeling, you know feeling, like I said earlier, feeling the sun on your face or, or have you ever like been really cold and you go outside and you sit down to warm up? If you just close your eyes, you can feel the sun like soaking into your skin and into your bones and into your body. And you can feel so grounded and good. This is mindfulness. Okay. So here's the other side of it. You know, mindfulness can be used to reduce pain and suffering. And there's actually this old saying that pain can't be avoided, but suffering can be. And I think a lot of people hear that and think, oh, yeah, BS. Like if I'm in pain, I'm suffering, right? And it's it's true. If you are in pain and you choose to suffer, you will suffer. Okay. And I got to say this right now. I've been in some serious pain. I have family members have been serious pain, and I don't doubt that. I know that pain sucks, right? But, you know, we can look at pain and suffering as actually two separate things, okay? The way we respond, like I said, to pain is often what causes the suffering and mental distress. So if you are in pain, let's say that you... I'm going to say back pain just because someone in my family right now is having back pain and I know it's terrible and they're really suffering right now and lots of pain, but let's say that your back is just so crazy bad, right? So crazy bad. It's terrible. You're doing everything you can just to like not cry or to have it spasm up. And you know, it's terrible. Okay. But what can you do? To reduce your suffering, the pain's not gonna go away, right? But the suffering is a choice, okay? And that might make you really pissed to hear that if you're in pain, right? You don't want anyone to tell you, oh, it's your choice to suffer. You're like gonna punch them in the face. So there you feel some pain. But it's true, okay? And as somebody who went through a very, very horrible, terrible childbirthing experience, I can tell you that even though I think if I were to experience it now, I could handle it a lot better than I did then. I even then was talked through some mindfulness that helped it because it was really painful. And so you can take up your pain and decide how, what to do with it. And one of the best, best, best things you can do when you're in severe pain is to use the breathing technique that I had just described earlier. Okay breathing is a miracle oxygen and your ability to use it is a miracle so you know it, it's it is frustrating and by the way why do you think they came up with like the Lamaze technique for women having childbirth it hurts it hurts like crazy and especially if you don't get an epidural now I got to tell you when I had that epidural with my second child I was like okay what are people complaining about? This is the easiest thing ever because I had the other experience to compare it to, but but breathing, okay? No matter what your pain, you can choose your suffering, okay? So, all right. The other thing I wanted to talk about is how mindfulness can help us manage negative feelings. We all have negative feelings at some point, okay? We get these triggers. We have these, like, we can be angered or, really sad or jealous or frustrated or just super overwhelmed. All these negative feelings are going to come up in our life. And hopefully, you know, probably every day, probably at least one time in your day, you're going to have one of those feelings come up. Okay. We all do, but you have a choice. You can either, you know, thrash out by like reacting and being angry and mad, throwing things, yelling at people you know, doing something like really like just responding loudly to this negative feeling. Or maybe you're somebody who stuffs it in, you know, like stuffs it in real tight and you just hide it and you're real quiet and you don't tell anything. You just keep it deep inside. Okay. Both of those reactions are negative. Thrashing out angrily, throwing, screaming, fighting, whatever is not helpful for anybody, but either is hiding it. You know, and probably you grew up with parents or people around you that were one or the other. So we tend to follow what we, you know, saw before, but of course, like everything, you have a choice and the choice I think would be a great idea for you to follow is learning how to manage it. Okay. Manage the negative feeling versus thrashing out or stuffing it and hiding it, ignoring it. Okay. So what you can do. Is if you start to feel that feeling of negativity coming up, whatever it is, what you want to do is, guess what? Take a deep breath. <laughs> There's that breathing again. And I want you to pay attention to the feeling. Okay. What are you feeling? And give it a name. Like, is this anger? Is this jealousy? Is this um, fear? Like, figure out what like, actual emotion it is. F- decide. Don't be like, oh, I don't know. It's just, I just feel bad. No, no, no. Take a moment. Take a deep breath. Decide. Is it anger? Is it whatever the thing is, okay? Pick the name of the feeling, okay? Then I want you to like zoom outside. Like you're looking at your body from the outside and see if you can pinpoint where you're feeling that negative feeling, okay? And so what I mean by that is, when you have a negative feeling, sometimes you feel it in your stomach. You know, you feel like this like punch in the gut, or sometimes you feel it in your neck. Like you're just so tense in your neck or your shoulders, or maybe you have a headache, you know, or maybe you're clenching your hands or maybe you're clenching your jaw or maybe you're holding your breath or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, or maybe you're tapping your foot or maybe you're biting your nails, like zoom out and figure out where in your body, like where is it reacting? Because we will have a physical reaction to negative fillings. Okay. So then once you've decided, you know, the name of the filling and you have decided where you're feeling it in your body, then you can take deep breaths. And as you inhale, you want to take that energy that you're bringing in, that inhale, that air. And I want you to imagine circling that air, that clean, fresh air that you brought in, circling around the area that is in pain or that is feeling that negative reaction. So if it's your stomach, bring the air in and literally as you're inhaling, imagine it swirling around your stomach, healing the feeling. And as you exhale, you're exhaling out That negative energy or that negative feeling. And as cuckoo as it sounds, it really helps. Okay. It really, really helps. So you can use mindfulness. And by the way, that technique right there is a type of meditation. Okay. You can use mindfulness and meditation to get rid of negative feelings so that you can move forward in your day and feel stronger and better, more productive, and just healthier overall. Okay. So the last thing I want to just bring up is that there are really like two different kinds of meditation. There's probably a lot more, but in the case of what I'm talking about, there's two. One is called focal or focused meditation or mindfulness. And the other one is open mindfulness or meditation. Okay. So focused mindfulness is what we've been talking about. It's like when you're, when you can take a moment by yourself and focus on your breathing, focus on how your body's feeling and responding, that is like, that's focused. Okay. You're focused on actively like reducing stress by yourself internally, focused. Totally makes sense. That's what you do on your own and your quiet space, in your car, whatever. Um, open mindfulness, though, is when you are in a situation, let's say you're at like a really loud party. And you're feeling really overwhelmed, distressed, anxious—you know, whatever the feeling is—and couldn't you're not going to be able to do focused breathing or focused mindfulness? But you can do open mindfulness, which is where you actually take in—you almost like go just into this other space and your this other component in your brain, and you actually. Openly listen to all of the sounds around you and you go one by one noticing the different sounds. And it actually helps calm you down because it's like you're hearing all this stuff and it can just sound like loud and frustrating and so um too much. Like it can feel overwhelming. But if you just take a moment and you can be looking at somebody, you, know, you can ignore what they're saying. <laughs> Brett shouldn't do that. But anyway, and just take a moment to bring in all the sounds and start placing them like, oh, that's Kathy over there talking. Oh, that's the band. Oh, I like that saxophone with the band. Or, oh, if it's not a band, like, oh, I like this song on the radio. Oh, yeah. Oh, what are they doing over there? Oh, somebody's bouncing a ball over there. Like you can literally like place the sounds in just about 30 seconds of focusing on that to help Bring your mindfulness in and to reduce your anxiety. So give it a try. All right. So, okay, that's all I have for you today. I want you to just think about how you can go about your day today, right now. How can you be more mindful? Okay. Remember, meditation doesn't have to be some crazy, like great, perfect thing. It can be one to five minutes of just focusing on your breathing or listening to sounds. Just be mindful. And Another really big takeaway for today that I want you to take is mindful eating, okay? Don't keep eating if you're full, okay? Eat food that you appreciate and enjoy and think about how lucky you are to have that food in front of you. Those little tiny mindset shifts around eating can make a great impact, okay? The more mindful you're eating, maybe you'll eat less. Maybe you need to eat more, but it's gonna really tune you into your own body and what you need, okay? And please, please, please let me know if you start practicing any of these mindfulness tips. Um, I'd love to hear from you as always. And please remember if you have just a second to rate and review the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it. And I will be back next week with more information that's gonna help your metabolism even more. Thank you, bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.